got one. I'm going forward here. We got to get rolling. John, Joshua chapter 1, verse 4 is a text that I absolutely love and adore. It was the reason why I started this study. It was the main reason why, for me, this study was a must. It was an, an absolute must. Here's what it says. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea to the west. Hear it again. Your territory will extend from, say, from the desert to Lebanon. Come on. From the desert to Lebanon. Come on, say, from the desert to Lebanon. Watch this now. Say, from the river. I'm sorry. Say, from the great river, the Euphrates. Say, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. That's your territory. That's it. That's the boundary that you have. You don't have everything. Now, I don't know if my tech is up where I can show you the map, but I have a beautiful map that I can show you if, if the tech's working for me today. That there is something about understanding God did not promise you everything. And there's the map. Everybody at home can see it. But that's the boundary. That's the boundary land. And you can barely see the red there, but that's what God said they could have. They could not have everything. Now, if you have the notes, if you're home, just download the notes and you can get a better image of that. And it's a, it's a, it, it, there's a red line that's drawn over about half that map. And he told Israel, these are your borders. You cannot have everything. Once you repeat that with me, say, I cannot have everything. Now, that's important because the assumption is if you listen to most Christian teaching, you can have everything. Anything you confess, anything you say, anybody you want. If God did it for me, God can do it for you. Right? So if I'm Michael Jordan, what God did for me, God can do for you. Right? No, you can't play basketball that well. You know, if God did it for Aretha Franklin, God can do it for you, right? No, because you can't sing that well, right? So God did it for Bruce Lee, so you can do it for, like Bruce Lee. Who is Bruce Lee? Okay, that's a problem. You don't know. But I want you to see what I'm saying. Somebody in the audience just went like this. Really? Is that your answer? Chop, chop. Okay. Uh, anyway, the point is we all have gifts that are different, but we've been taught, we've been oriented to believe that we can do anything and everything everybody else can do and that we're supposed to have everything. That is not true. Everything is not yours. You don't need everything. You shouldn't have everything because everything is not yours. Now, that simple statement is what launched this series. I believe God has given us boundary lines. And here's what I believe feeds a lot of frustration. You think everything is yours. So you keep trying to get what's not yours. What you want to get is what's yours. That man is not yours. That woman is not yours. And you keep trying to get what's not yours. 
And that's what makes a lot of things wrong. I'm not against television. I love television. I got television all over my house. I like cable. I got everything. I love it. I love it. When I love it, I love it. Okay? But the issue is that sometimes they convince me that I'm supposed to have a house that nice. And that I'm supposed to have, and I tend to crave stuff. You know, I don't know if you ever do this, watching these, these cooking shows. You cannot cook that well. You can watch Bobby Flay and all the rest of the people all you want, but you can get, but you, you just can't. And, and sometimes if you're not careful, you, you, you spend your life lusting, drooling after stuff, thinking that that's supposed to be yours, and it's not. There's something liberating about getting free from the need to, quote, have everything everybody else has. So I think it's a good place to begin because we often talk about the promised land. We talk about, you know, okay, God does this, God does that. But, yeah, I, I don't know that God ever intended for us to always want more. I'm not against more, but I do think there comes a place where this is my boundary line. And I, I see this in relationships. We get a lot of questions today about relationships. You're not happy with one person. You get one person, and you they get tired of them. You want another person, you get tired of them. And it's almost like no matter who God gives you, I mean, a perfect person, you can draw up them, you know, long legs and purple hair, whatever you want, and give you exactly what you want, and then you get bored with them because you always want something else that doesn't necessarily belong to you. So you live your life hunting, looking, and living outside, this is important, of a boundary line. And if you're not careful, you're the kind of person who thinks you should have no boundaries. That somehow everything you want, every place you want to go, you should be able to go. My goal is to clear your mind and focus your attention on what really matters in your life. I'm going to get you to the point that you don't want another car, another house. I mean, I'm not saying you can't dream of another house, another car. I'm simply saying it's a good thing to come to a place where for today, I'm happy. For today... My job is I'm happy. And there's something powerful about that, looking in the mirror and liking who you are today. That's important. So let's start listing a couple of things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about what you are not supposed to have. Let's say that. Say what I am not supposed to have. Come on. That's what we're going to talk about. Next week we're going to talk about what you're supposed to have. What you're supposed to have. And then the third week we're going to talk about how to get what you're supposed to have. So what you're not supposed to have, what you're supposed to have, and then how to get what you're supposed to have. Those are the three weeks we're going to study, okay? It's really going to be great. So first of all, I want to take you to the book of um, uh, to, to, uh, Joshua, chapter 1, and I want to show you the establishment of boundaries. And we're only going to study the first few verses or so of Joshua in this whole three-part study, three study, but I want to start with what he says to Joshua as a boundary. Listen to this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, uh, aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, that's the boundary, as I promised. Every place you set your foot, I'm going to give you. That's the boundary. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to give you. Only where you walk. 
Now, what people do with this verse is they think, well, I'm going to walk everywhere. And I'm going to get everything I walk on. Your house, my house, everywhere. Put my feet on it, it's mine. That's not what he's saying. He's telling them, your, your promised land is Canaan. And so I want you to walk on it, but I'm not, I'm not going to give it to you until you walk on it. So you may have a career opportunity or a job opportunity or something that God wants to put in your hand, but he's not going to give it to you until you walk on it. So let's say the Lord says, okay, you're going to become a whatever professional, but you have to go get this degree first, right? So guess what you have to do? Walk on the campus, pass the test. Then when you cross the stage and then see, then he'll give it to you. Then you got to apply for the job and you got to go to work. Earn your, as you walk on it, it becomes more and more yours. But there is a, there's a, notice this, there's a process of involvement. You don't get it just because you ask for it. You get it because you're involved. You have to, you have to be engaged in it. That's a concept I think Christians need because what we think is you just pray and you get it. Just tell God you want it. I really even think when, you know, a lot of questions earlier about, you know, you want me to talk about relationships and, and all of that and some of the future things you hope I teach on. A lot of that is about you being the kind of person who can relate, making the effort to walk on what you want. I, in, in my life, I want to be a relatable person. I want to be a communicator. That was one of the questions, you know. I want to learn, so I work on learning how to communicate. I read about it. I study about it. I think about it. I practice. I repent when I'm wrong, and I get right. Believe me, I'm not perfect. And there are moments with my wife, with my kids, with friends, with staff, I have to say it another way, rephrase it. But that's an effort. So he tells Joshua, okay, your Moses is gone. Okay, your crutch is gone. The guy who's been at the forefront is gone, and now it's your turn. You're now in charge. And so he describes the boundary line to him this way. We just read it and read it again. Here's your boundary, dude. Lebanon, Great River, the Euphrates, the Hittite country, Mediterranean Sea, sir, on your west. That's your boundary. You, you don't get to conquer everything around you. So don't even try. If you attack them, I'm not in it. If you go into real estate and you're not supposed to be in real estate, you're not going to win. Because that's not your boundary. That's not your territory. It's not your gift. If I start a country singing career, I'll fail. Don't, that's not because I can't sing it. Somebody say, yes, it is, Pastor Ruth, be honest. That's not my gift. I can sing it, like, casually, but I'm not a performer. So the real question in life is, have you been crossing the boundary, pursuing and running after things that really are not tied to your career and your future? And can you be honest? Now, I'm going to tell you one of the things that's interesting. There could be a promised land for you that you can't recognize. Now, I want to pause for a second, and I'm going to say, tell me why you think. Why do you think some people, just shout it out for me, why do you think some people can't recognize their boundary lines? Because they're looking at others. Yes, give me a second one. Because? Yes. They've been what? They've been not been taught to. Yes, sir, in the back. In denial. Limited view. Okay. Now, here's this. This is true. This is the honest God truth. I never thought I had the gift of pastoring. I never thought I had the gift of teaching. Ever. 
This was not my dream. What I wanted to do is what the security officer is doing back there. That's what I thought my gift was. I did. So maybe, we, officer, we should trade places. No, you don't want to come up here. OK, so understand, <laughs> first of all, yeah, you don't want to trade places. I agree. Part of it is, and I, when I do, these, um, I do these orientations for new police officers, which is an honor for the county, I've done several of them. And, and, and what's really amazing is when I've done them, I always say in the orientation, I'm the guest community speaker dude, and I'll say to them, I dream to be where you are. And, and, but I discovered that I should be on this side and not that side. And so during the Q&A, they always ask me the same question. Somebody will say, why do you think you should not have been us? And I'll say it's gifting. It, it's, it's the way I'm wired. It took me a while to face my wiring. It took me a while to get all the TV shows in my mind about police work. Because I, I tell you, all I wanted to do, you want to know my police dream? Okay, this is it. I want to get a badge with my picture on it and say, police officer. And that's it. I'm done. Retired. Bam. <laughs> I didn't want to do nothing else. I didn't want to chase anybody. I didn't want to fight anybody. I didn't want to do any of that. I didn't want to do, all I wanted to do was flash the badge. That's it. I'm telling you, I'm being honest. I mean, hey, look, I'm, I didn't want to do all that other stuff. You know, there are things you think in your head you want to be. My daughter told me, she said, I want to be a lawyer. She was so big on that for years and years. And she went to, on a tour. This is true. She went on a tour, and they took her to some law office. I don't know where it was. But the lawyer had a bunch of books all around the room. <laughs> and so Christina came home and says, I changed my mind, Daddy. I want to be a lawyer. I said, why not? You got to read all them books. I said, no, those are reference books. She didn't believe it. She never believed it. She didn't, I couldn't convince her that you don't have to read them all. But she thought you had to read every single book. And so there was this amazing moment where in your life, you realize that's not my promised land. That's not it. That's not it. So here, let me take an, ask another question. So you've dated people. OK, let's talk about relationships. And you thought the person was your promised land. Tell me why you thought they were your promised land. Shout it out. Why you thought, you thought they were. They were not, but you thought they were. They said they were. They said. <laughs> I love it. I love it. She said they said they were. That's what they, they said it, right? And you believed them, right? You're the one for me, right? Okay. All right. Somebody else. Anybody else? Why did you think they were your promised land? Now, they were not, but they, you thought they were. What else? What now? Raise your hand. Say it loud. It felt safe for a while, right? But it changed, right? Okay, somebody else. Give me another one. You, you thought it was a promised land, but it wasn't. Yes. Your feelings. You felt it. You felt right? They held your hand and your heart stopped, right, for a minute, right? Right? All that good stuff, right? Give me one more. Yes. Somebody else. I saw another hand. Well, you thought it was your promised land, but when you got on that job, it was not your promised land. What made you think it was? Money. Money. Money, the salary, the pay, right? So there are moments in life when we believe things are our promised land. And I'm going to tell you, when you get to the promised land, it's the right place. And you're in the right boundary. Let me tell you what he said, verse, verse 5. Here's what he said to them. He said, this is what I call the reward for living within the boundaries. 
when you're within the boundary, when, you, when you're within the right boundary, right? Here's what the Bible said, verse 1, chapter 5. This is what God told Joshua. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So God said, you're going to be fully supported. I'm, I'm, if, if, if you fight within the boundaries that I prescribe, hear that. Here's one way you know you're in the right boundaries. You start winning. See, it starts advancing. If, if it's not, you want to pause for a minute and ask yourself, am I in the right place? Now, here's a question that might be interesting. Why doesn't God give us everything? Why doesn't God say everything is yours? You ready? Two reasons, two answers. Number one, you ready? Here's the answer. Because God has more than you in the world. You're not his only child. It's selfish to give you everything. It's not fair for you to be able to look and say, I want this, I want that, and then you get everything. And, and nobody, there's nothing left for anybody else. God divides it up. Some of you can write. Some of you can sing. Some of you can dance. It's, it's, a, it's a variety of giftings. Secondly, he doesn't want you to be overextended. Some of you do too much already. You're on too many boards. You, you say yes to too many things. I frustrate people because I say no more than I say yes. And for the last few years, I've not traveled and I've been, haven't been speaking much outside. Because I, I feel like this is my gift, this is where I need to be, and so I'm working a whole new plan with our church and with our future, and I have some private things I'm working on. So my point is, we, we tend to be overextended. And so sometimes God draws a boundary because I don't want you to under the pressure of trying to do everything. It creates a crisis. It can, it can, it can, it can be a horrible thing for your life. Now, let me give you seven boundary promise line insights. I call these insights about boundary lines that I think would be helpful to you. So you want to pay attention to these seven boundary promise line, what I call insights. Number one, this is in Exodus chapter 23. Now, Exodus 23 is a chapter I love because it's where I get my, my success comes in pieces from. You've heard me teach on that, talk about that, right? I get it from this chapter. And I'll get there in just a minute. But I want to go through this first, and I want to show you seven insights that I think are important. People who live within the boundaries have a good habit. They listen. If you're going to be successful, you have to listen. Everybody say the word listen. You have to listen. This is what he says, Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. See, I'm sending an angel ahead of you, he told Israel this, to guard you along the way. To bring you to the place, to bring you to the place, to bring you to the place, to bring you to the place I have prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since my name is in him. I want you to know I'm taking you to the place and I want you to understand you must listen. Listen to me. The desire to be an individual and to have grown up freedoms can create in you a resistance to listening. You can be so adult that you silence all the voices around you. People don't want to take the risk of telling you anything because it's risky. So they hold back information. They can see you failing. Wax could be hanging out your ears and they would never tell you. 
because you can't handle the possibility that you're not perfect. One of the side effects of being in church is it makes you think you're supposed to be perfect. One of the problems when you're speaking, and I asked about preachers' insecurities earlier when, before we started our teaching, and I said, what do you think, or I asked them, what do you think some of the insecurities of preachers are? What are some of the insecurities preachers face? And, and one of them is failing, right? The sense that you're, gonna, you, you're, gonna, you're not going to do a good job. And so I, when I ask pastors, have you, do you ever listen to your sermons? 90% say no. Almost 100% say no. I said, why? They say, they say this is crazy. They say, we can't, I can't take it. I said, so you cook food you don't taste. I mean, it's hard, it's hard when you listen to it. When I used to have guys pray in church, I, I, I started making them write their prayers. And they did hated it. I said, no, you write your prayer down. Because when you write it down, you won't say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, 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 amen, amen, amen. I said, well, you write all that down, write all that down. Read it. I want you to read all those amens, hallelujah, thank you, thank you. What kind of praying is that? You're worshiping. Nothing wrong with it. But let's be clear. And that's why you go so long. Sometimes you're all over the place. Because if you're not careful, you're trying, to, you're trying to, like a surfer, you're trying to be successful. You know, you're trying to, and in the name of Jesus. And see, when I started praying publicly, and doing things, I started discovering that, man, I, was, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't hearing myself. I didn't see myself. And so the people that could show you, if, if you're not a listener, they can't help you get better. Repeat with me, please. Say, I must listen. One more time. Say it again. Say, I must listen. You have to be able to listen. Number two, right? Here's a boundary, insight. You, the Bible says you'll be protected if you live within the boundaries. Verse 22, if you listen carefully to what, I, what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. My angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hibites, Jebusites, and I will, I, shall, I, I will wipe them out. Now, the point is, I, I need you to be aware that you're only protected if you're within the boundaries. Now, here's what I want you to think about. Some of what you see happening in our society and families, some of the tragedies and disasters is tied to being outside the boundary. If you were home that night in your house, that wouldn't happen. If you were home that night, if you did not have those people in your sphere of friendship, it wouldn't have happened. If you had not, you can take Philip the list here, right? Because a lot of things that happen, happen because who we invite into our life. Sometimes they end their life. Sometimes they take our money because we, we have extended the boundary. And so you're not going to be as protected unless you live within certain boundaries. And that's really important to get that. Number three, right? You must not compromise the boundaries. Verse 24 of chapter 23 of Exodus. Do not bow down before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stones to pieces. Don't compromise. Now, I want to tell you what I'm fascinated by. I'm fascinated by the amount of compromising that I see us do. You know, we're kind of okay with Jesus when he gets to a certain point. We're not really okay with Jesus. Because I've been a pastor for a very long time, I've concluded some things, and I have stopped doing some things. 
I am not a sin police. I've decided it doesn't work. I do call people into accountability if they're in leadership or if there's certain things. I'm going to say something. I'm not the guy that won't. But I also understand that uh, <laughs> compromise, compromising the boundaries is a common practice. You can hear it in the way we curse. You can hear it in, the, in our anger. You can hear it in our frustration. I'm laid down my religion. If you made me mad, you know, I don't take this. I don't take that. There's a whole lot of compromising. There's a lot of things. And, I, and now, you know, you live in a culture that's pushing you to compromise. Now, this is not about you going around trying to pick on somebody's behavior that you don't like. I'm not talking about that. Okay, I'm not talking, I'm talking about you. The only person I'm focusing on is you. Forget everybody, everybody else. I, I know that we like to preach on people and you like to say, hey, man, because just the one sin you're not doing. You know what I'm saying? So you really get, get loud. I'll preach it, brother, preach it. But when I talk about your sin, you go, you're on my feet, brother. You're on my feet, see. So I want you to understand that, that there's a power, though, if you live within the boundary and if you don't compromise the boundary. Number four on the list, if you're taking notes, number one, you must listen. Number two, you, must, you will be protected if you stay within the boundary. Number three, you must not compromise the boundary. Number four, you must honor God and the boundaries he's established. You've got to honor God within the boundaries. So he says this in verse 25, worship the Lord your God. I love it. Worship the Lord your God and his blessings will be on your food and water. Hey, there's some diet stuff right there. He says, your blessing can be on your food and water. He says, I will take away sickness from among you and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan if you honor me. Now, all that's important because I really believe that when we honor God, and it's not just about singing as much as it's living. I think worship is more about living than singing. That's easy. Singing is easy. Living is another whole thing. So my life is a song to him. Say amen if you got that. Number five, you're ready, almost there. Your enemies will be confused if you say, if you stay in the boundaries. I will send my terror, verse 27 says of Exodus 23, ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make your enemies turn their backs and run. I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive out the Hivites, Canaanites, and the Hivites out of your way. Your enemies will be confused. And it's, it's really impo important to see that when I live in the boundaries, my enemies don't have an advantage. When I live outside the boundaries, they do. And some of you said, Pastor, I must have let the enemy in. Probably. But the Lord says, let me help you with that. Your enemies will be confused if you stay in the boundaries. Number six, your success. This is it. You ready? Here it is. It's my verse, people. This is it. This is where, this is where I got all this stuff from all these years. It's my, it's I live by this. Your success will come in pieces if you live within the boundaries. Here's what he said. But I will not drive them out in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Little by little, success comes in pieces. There it is. Little by little. I will drive them out. How often did he say, how do you, how's he going to do it? <laughs> little by little, I will drive them out before you. Until when? Until you have what? Increased. I'm waiting for you to grow up. Enough, enough to take possession. Now read it slow. Go back with me. I will, drive, I will not drive them out in a single year. You're not going to go to the promised land that I've given you and win it all in a year. That's not the, what we want to hear. We want to go all the way to a doctorate degree in six months. A friend of mine, a guy I know, had a school, and he came to me. He says, Rick, 
you are a great leader, man. And I, want to, I got this master's degree program, and I get all these degrees. He said, all you got to do is sign up for our school, and you can be a, and he gave me all these degrees I can get. Now, Diane was standing right there, and she's a Miss Academic, you know. And all I had to do was he sent me the, he sent me, <laughs> he sent me the course requirement, the test, and the answers. He did. I looked at it, I said, what is this, man? He, says, this, he said, well, you already know most of them anyway. I said, no, you're missing the whole point. You know, and Diane had that look like, if you sign up for this school, I will never respect you ever. You're buying a degree. God says, I'm not going to give it to you in one year. You're not going to get it fast in a hurry. He says, I will not, I will not, one more time, I will not give you a husband right when you want one. I will not give you the money you want. I will not give you the job you want. I will not give you the fame. I will not give you the success. I will not, I will not, I will not. I will not give it to you in one year. It's not going to come fast. Here's what he says. Because, here's why, the land would become desolate. You can't even manage it all yet. The nation of Israel is too small. You can't, the land, you, you couldn't even manage the land. Then he goes on and says, and the wild animals are too numerous for you. There are too many animals out here. You can't kill and eat enough. It's just too many. It's too many of them. They would overrun you. Here's what's got to happen. Little by little, I'm going to drive them out before you. And I'm waiting for you to increase in number. And as you increase in number enough, then I'm going to give it to you because you can take possession of it. You can't take possession of it. You don't need a million dollars because you're trying to work on 50,000. You don't need a billion dollars. You can't work on 500,000 yet. You understand? And here's how you know. Look at your resources. Look at what you do with what you have. Sometimes it's so amazing. We complain, God, I don't have this. What do you want me to do? I need a bigger house. Look at the house you're in. It's a mess. And it's little. It's an apartment. It's messy. If I had more room, I'd be neater. No. <laughs> sloppy is sloppy everywhere. I'm telling you right now. It is. Junkie is junkie everywhere. It's just more place. You buy more stuff. Well, God, you give me more money, I'll budget. Really? No, you won't. You'll spend more. You'll do more. You'll go more places. You won't go coach anymore. you go first class. You'll just change. You'll just keep spending. You know, and, you, and so I want you to see that he says, no, I'm not going to do it like that. And so here's what you have to understand. I'm being tested to see if I'm qualified to extend my boundaries. I'm being tested. So you want to be a preacher? You want to be a teacher? You do? No, you want an event. You want to come up here for one sermon. Like I want to flash the badge. Remember I told you? I did not want to do police reports. I did not want to chase criminals. I did not, did not, did not. I did not. I went to the county jail to speak. And I was in there for just 30 minutes to speak. And I knew that's not God called for me. <laughs> I did a tour for the state of Georgia, man. I went all over to prisons all over Georgia. And it was wonderful, a great honor. You know, and I spoke and did Q&A in the book I wrote called Why Smart People Make Dumb Choices. They used it as a textbook in the prisons. It was great, but I was glad to leave. Now, I'm saying that to say this. There's something about understanding that you can't take possession of some things until you grow to it. Grow to it. You're praying for miracles that will not come because you have not grown to it. 
You're growing. You're asking God. You, I, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go way out on the limb. You're asking for God to give you a, a person in your life. You don't want anybody in your life. One of the most honest things a person told me once is they begged to get married. Man, they got married. It was so, oh, God, I'm going to get married. They got married. You know what they said when they got married? After they, said, they, they, they divorced them. They divorced them. And I asked them, I said, why? They said, well, Pastor Rick, if I was honest, I don't want no man to tell me what to do. I don't want that in my life. I'd rather be by myself. And that, that's an honest moment. I'm going to do a teaching for the singles coming up. I can tell you the text I'm going to use, 1 Corinthians 7. Paul was adamant about being single. And then I'm going to do a session on the marriage where he talked about how, how, how marriage is an amazing life. He talked about both in one text. I'm going to do two sessions, one on marriage and one on singles. It's coming down the road in a few weeks, a few months. And I'm, I'm, I'm not so soon. I'll tell you when it's going to happen. But, but I, I, I see through two lenses. Some people... Your boundary line, your personality, the way you think today, and I'm saying nothing, you may change tomorrow. <laughs> but right now, today, right now, the person in this room, the person watching online, the person watching this thing on demand, you, you, in this present mental condition, you're not ready for that. You're not ready to share any money yet. You're not ready in submission. You think that's a cuss word. <laughs> Submit to who? For what? I got to... Grow on that verse, Pastor Rick. I don't know what wives submit to your husband and everything. Woo, that's the word give me, everything. Make you want to cuss, everything. Ain't even know everything. I understand, I understand, you know, husbands, love your wife like you love yourself. No, I ain't doing that, man. I'm not doing, not doing I mean, I mean, some people, if they're honest right now, they don't need that. You need to work on you right now. Can I get an amen, somebody? I didn't hear no amens. Come on, can I get an amen? amen. You got to stay in the boundary line. For you, that's not where you need to cross. Interesting thought. Think about it. I love that verse. Expanding, extending your boundaries too quickly, I believe, will harm you. I really do. I see people that want a business, and that's the last thing they need. They need to work on that job and be faithful. There's a moment in their life. I heard a moan out there. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a moment. I mean, all you got to do is look at, your, look, at, look at your life. I'm not saying you can't get there, but I'm saying you grow there. You increase to get there. And then lastly, you remember, here's the last one before I do some questions. You must remember your borders. I love this verse, verse 31. He says, I will establish your borders. From the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea, from the desert to the Euphrates River, I will give you, I will give into your hands the people who live in the land, and you will drive them out. Do not make a covenant with them, or there will, or their gods. Do not let them live in your land. See, there's that compromise thing. He says, or they will cause you to sin against me, because the worship of their gods will certainly be a snare to you. He says, you must remember your borders. This is the border you got to live in. But that, that means I can't hang with everybody. I can't fellowship with everybody. I can't worship every god. I can't participate in everything. I can't, I can't, I can't, because these are my borders. This is my line. And I don't care who's visiting. I don't care if I'm out of town. You can, I appreciate you coming. I love you, cousin. I love you, friend. I love you, neighbor. But I don't go there anymore because that's outside of my border. My promised land is not there. It's here. It's no longer in the club, partying, drinking, getting high. That's no longer, no longer at the crack house. I'm sorry, that's outside of my borders. And if I want God's best for my life, I've got to say that's not for me. 
That's not for me. This is for me, not that. And it's so amazing, if you're not careful, there's always this, this problem with the borders. There's always this issue. Israel's almost the size of New Jersey. If you want to read more about the promised land and the boundaries, I put it all in the notes. So go and look at that. It's under the end notes, and it'll tell you all about that. But what I want to do now is I want to turn to some questions that I think you should ask me. I love questions. I love dialogue. So let me just stop right there where I am first. I want to stop where I am, and then I'm going to go to three questions, and I'm going to let Orlando read my three questions. I think you have them, right? Do you? If you don't, I do. Okay, I'll read them for you. But I want to say, um, let's, um, let's talk. Let's say, what did you like about what I said so far? I need to just kind of hear what you like about what I said so far. And I'm going to ask, uh, uh, would you, um, let's see, um, would you please, I'm sorry, I might have to borrow you. Grab a microphone. I'm at that, and both of you, it's fine. Both of you, that's fine. You're both good people. That's right, you're too. Fine, but grab a mic, because I want to make sure that people online can hear this. Um, what did I say that you thought was so cool? Like, boy, Pastor Rick, that was off the charts. They're going to hold it. If you let them hold the mic for me, please, to your mouth and talk. Go ahead. Who, who wants them? What did you like? What did you like? Right back here, okay? Um, and I'm gonna, can I divide the room? I'm going to divide the room in half, okay? Go ahead. You can go ahead. What do you want to say? Go ahead. The part where you say your success will come in pieces. Mm -hmm. So when you explain that if you get too much of it, it's overwhelming by getting it in pieces and it won't, um, you know, take over you or, or consume you so much. So That's right. You're not ready for it yet. Just right. kind of grow to it. Somebody else. All right. What else? What did I say? Now, you got you to gotta respond for me emotionally. I told you preachers have insecurities, okay? All right. Yes. All right. Go for it. Yes. Um, I like the part where you said... Um, you must not compromise your boundaries. Mm -hmm. so. You must not compromise your values. It's so easy to do that. It's so, I mean, it's, I'm tempted all the time to compromise yeah. my values. Yes, I'm go ahead. I'm sorry. You said you compromise your values or boundaries? All of it. Okay. Values, boundaries, everything. <laughs> yeah. But you said you were talking about boundaries, though, right? Yes, sir. Okay, great. All right, somebody else on this side. Anybody else? Preachers have insecurities. I'm trying to tell you right now. You just you can say, I like the way you moved your arm. I don't care what you say. Just say something. Right here. Come over here. Right here. I don't care what you say. I need to hear some feedback. And if online we got some feedback, let me know in a minute, okay? Yes. Go ahead. I just like the whole concept of boundaries, period, because I think that a lot of times we forget that there are boundaries that we need to Good. stay within. Good. Whole, whole concept, yes. Behind you? Go ahead. Yes, right there. You said you can tell you're in your boundaries because you're winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can also tell, sometimes, you know, what's amazing is emotionally I feel better. I, I, I just feel better. Uh, this is so, I say it all the time, and I don't know if you, it may sound weird, but if I get up early, like I did this morning at 5 o'clock, right, and then I take up a load of clothes and I wash them, right, and I fold up everything that was in there in the laundry room. We had some stuff, a couple, three loads. I fold them up. Everything's folded neat. I have this little bag. I put it all in. I, I put it up, put it, got it upstairs. It's sitting there waiting. Everything is done. My clothes, wife's clothes. God, I felt good. I felt, I felt like I was in, in, in the neat boundary. Does that make sense? <laughs> right? Right? And then the sermons are all prepared for the month. I'm not struggling the night before. Anybody, you, ever, you ever did that? It's horrible. Pastors do it all the time. We study Wednesday morning for Wednesday night. It's terrible. 
It's horrible. It's emotionally because you're always running because you're late and your wife and your children. No, don't say nothing because the word ain't done yet. You know what I mean? Everybody's nervous. So there's something about feeling good about having gotten things in the boundary. If all the bills are paid and I don't owe anybody else, and when my paycheck comes, it's my paycheck. I, have to, I don't have a line of people in line saying, okay, I'll give you $10, I'll give you $5, I'll give you $15. Boy, does that feel good. Some of you say, I dream, I dream, right? But that's my point. That's like li living in a financial boundary where when it's tax time, you're not listening to that commercial that's online that says, do you owe the government any money? Oh, Jesus, turn the station. You know what I'm saying? Because, because you do. You always do. And you haven't filed in 50 years. So you know you feel this weight of pressure. But imagine if you lived in the boundary you're supposed to be in and you said, let me deal with this stuff. Let me get it right. You feel better. Man, wow. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm having, a, I'm having an emotional moment. Yes. I would say addressing the myth that God wants us to have everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and, and I think that's a common thing said in church and preached that makes people drool after things that they shouldn't and it makes them discontent with what, not, not happy with what they have. I think there's something about being happy. I am, I am ambitious. Am I ambitious? <laughs> oh, no. She's a bishop. Do I, do I have a whole lot rolling? Right, right? But give her a microphone. Go back there. I want you to let her talk. I want to have a microphone. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm people work with me every day. I want to be clear because I'm not, I'm, I can sound like I'm saying, don't worry about anything, don't have any ambitions. Ms. Bishop, do I have visions? You have lots of vision. Am I working hard? You work very hard. Harder than they know? Harder than they know. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. All right, am I afraid of a million dollars? No. Two million? No. Ten million? You're not afraid of any limit. I got money plans. Yes. What? For you, not Absolutely. just me. For you. Absolutely. I'm working. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm believing. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm out there. I don't talk about stuff. You can't talk about it until you know about it, right? You got to be careful when you say it. But I'm working. My, so I'm not trying to tell you don't have ambition. I'm saying find out where those boundaries are. The boundary needs to be, you know, I didn't say 50 million. Did I say that? No. Because my plans don't have that in there, but they do have some millions in there, but it ain't got 50 million, maybe 49, but it ain't 50, but you understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying it's okay to have a boundary because there's got to be a boundary somewhere. So I don't want you to leave here and think I'm saying don't drink. So everybody clear about that? Okay, good. I got three questions. You ready? Three, do you have something online? What you got online for me, sir? I have a few comments online. Donna, Donald Singleton, your success will come in pieces, hit a home run for her. Good. Um, Yoseta, I appreciate learning about boundary lines. I need to always remember my borders. Uh, Carita stated, we're not supposed to have everything and living within our boundaries. Protect us. And then Sean Lewis, um, success comes in pieces and stay within your boundaries. This really spoke to me. Who said they protect me? I like that statement. Who said that again? Uh, the word protect. She said, oh, Carita Byers. Carita Byers, yes. Oh, Carita being deep. Go, girl. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Carita. She's amazing. Anyway, here's the deal. Do you know, you know that it, I like the way she said it protects you because emotionally it's draining to always feel like you're a failure because you don't have the boundary line somebody else has. So you're always measuring yourself against somebody else. 
You know, physically, there is a boundary line your body is going to cross where you're not going to be but that size. You ain't never going to be that size again. That's not happening. Not in the next few minutes or months or years. You're going to have to run and about kill yourself. So at this point, <laughs> there's a point where you say, I accept myself. It protects you. She's right. It protects you emotionally. You know, and so I think that's, and a lot of churches right now are having a hard time because they can't do this. They can't do this online, in-person thing. They can't. So emotionally, they're all over the place. And I think it, it makes you feel frustrated when you're around people and they have what you think you should have or whatever, and that's just amazing. Thank you, Karita. Great thought. Give yourselves a big hand. You got something out of that? You did? Okay, good. Now, we got 14 minutes left, so I'm going to go through three quick questions, okay? And, and we, got, we got one more. What you got back there? I have, I have a couple more comments. Go for quick. it. Fire it up. Chris, Christine said, don't, don't compromise your boundaries. Okay. Um, Rose Bacon, so true, Pastor. When you are in your boundaries, you feel better and encouraged. Uh, Sharon stated, when you ask, you shall receive, but he will only give you what you need when you needed it. Um, and Sheila Bell stated, great word tonight. Thank you. Thank yes. you. You know, I love that, that Sharon. That Sharon, the quote that Sharon says, says about he shall give you your needs. My God shall supply. Read the verse real slow. My God, Philippians 4, 4, whatever, whatever. You know this. Find it. Philippians 4. It says, my God shall supply all your, your needs. Pause. Pause. Right there. My God shall supply all of your needs. If this is your boundary, that is your need. He's not going to give you what you don't need. So sometimes you're asking for something, and, and you, what you want to do is figure out, why doesn't God think I need this right now? What is it that, that maybe I need to reflect and change how I view this? And I've discovered that when I give him an opportunity, it's amazing. So I want to do three questions. Ms. Temple, is there something I'm missing? I see you flying in here. No? We're good? Okay, good. And I, I have the three questions. You got them? Okay, here you go. Ask the question. Number one. Number one, how can a person get their boundary lines wrong? Here you go. You got, I got an answer for you. Let's think about this. Number one, bad theology. Bad teaching. Bad teaching. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say something. This is terrible. I, I, can I say it's terrible before I say it? This is terrible. I'm telling you because people say it all the time. This is your year. This is your season. This is your moment. It's going to happen now. It didn't happen last year, but it's going to happen this year. And so you spend your life thinking, okay, I'm not against that dream and the idea of having a passionate moment that God's going to come. I'm not against that. I'm just simply saying you hear it every, every, every December 31st. <laughs> At some point, the question should be asked, why hasn't it gotten here yet? Could it be I'm trying to get something I don't need to get? Or could it be that I keep putting myself in the same trap? So I don't know. So that just somehow I think bad teaching, claiming God promises things that he never really said he'd give to you. Or that, that obviously isn't part of the plan right now. So let's go on to what we know the boundary line. Let's, 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 go, let's, go, let's go to what we know and make that amazing. If you got 50 people, don't claim 1,000. Let's make it 51. Let's make the 50 great. There's something really amazing about just accepting that 
that, that, that sometimes you can get your boundary lines wrong. What's the second question, sir? How can bad boundary lines affect your life? You spend your years outside of your boundaries worried about things, and you spend years, years and years and years and years and years. Um, wow, wow, do I want to say that? Maybe so. Okay, let me give you an example for us, okay? Uh, how many of you think we need to build, right now, a 2,000-seat sanctuary? Anybody voting for that? No? Okay. Why? Why? You can watch it online. What kind of answer is that? <laughs> what kind of answer is that? You can watch it online. Now, I'm shocked at your behavior today. No, <laughs> but see now, notice how he's being honest, and he got online. Now you got, I got online right now. Look, see, all right. They're watching me online now. See, notice the point. You're right. See, notice, notice. All of a sudden, things have shifted and changed. I could not sell you the idea. If I came and said, God told me, time for us to build. We're gonna build a 2,000 seat sanctuary. You'd be talking to each other. See, what do you say? going to be $20 million. God's able. You believe God's able? You say, yeah, but I ain't giving you no $20 million. See, you would immediately start talking back to me. You can spend years running after the wrong thing, driving by the Mercedes lot because you think that's your boundary because you're a son of God, but you don't make but $30,000 a year. You can't afford a Mercedes Benz, so don't even go buy a used one because you can't get it fixed. Well, okay, you can if you want. It's up to you. Maybe you can fix cars. I don't know. Bottom line is, you're a Toyota person in your budget. You're a used car person in your budget right now. So you, you, you have to kind of pause and not chase after things that waste your time. This is not the season for that. So drawing line, I think churches have to accept, you know, there's some things we don't need. We need to do it differently. And so that's an important answer to that. What's the next question, guys, sir? Next question, why does God take so long to give us what we ask for? Well, because the land would be, because the wild animals are too numerous for you and they would consume you. He realizes that little by little is better for you instead of giving you all the money that you're going to have. Do you wish God had given the money you have today to your same self at 16? I'm sorry, what would have happened to the money? Money be gone by now. Is that right? Mm -hmm. How many of you want to give your 12-year-old a house? Right? All that. See, I believe that God waits to bless people until you grow up until you change. You want certain people in your life, Lord said, I can't bring them in your life because you're going to chop on them. You're a chopper. You know, you get mad, you cuss and fight. <laughs> Why would God bring a man to you so you can beat him up? Pause. Think about that. Same thing with a woman. Why would God give you those things? If he knows that's how you're going to treat what he gives you. There's some things he can't give you because you live outside the boundary line. But there are some things that are for you. There are some things that God says, I have for you as a nation. 
and I want to talk to you next time about that. I want to talk to you about the things that are yours. There are some things that are yours. And I tell you, that great story I heard years ago, they said, when you get to heaven, one of the most disappointing moments will be when you walk by a door and you say, Lord, what's that? He says, you don't want to go in there. And he said, no, I want to go in with you. No, you don't want to go in there. He said, if you go in there, what you're going to see is all things you missed. All the opportunities I have for you, all the, all the blessings I have for you. I can tell you right now, I believe that I could have had more of a number of things. I could have. I don't think I got everything God had for me. I still think God has more, more in front of me. And I want to show you how you can identify what he has for you. I love the fact that he was very specific with Joshua. This is what I want you to have. Not that. This is what you take possession of. Not that. This is where you focus your attention. Not that. The question is, what are you, what are you focusing on that shouldn't be part of your focus? We've been oriented to think certain ways. I'll give you an example. You get up in the morning, first thing you do is cut TV on, and they tell you what to think. Somebody stayed up all night or the night before, and they wrote a script, and they, they wrote it down, and they're reading a teleprompter. And you're sitting there listening to somebody tell you the same story 15 ways. And you made that your mental priority. You're taking your mind, and you've drawn the boundary line around news. I'm not against news. I'm a big news fan. <clears throat> if you're not careful, I, 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 found, I found that you, you, you get lost. So what I do now when I get up is I don't cut that on first. I cut Jesus on first. I talk to God first. And then I pray and I ask God for wisdom and grace and favor. And I, and I, and I find I, my wife has a tremendous habit of watching a devotional first. First thing she does, listen to a devotional. And there's something powerful about just a brief word. I plan on doing a new set of devotionals, as a matter of fact. And uh, I'm really excited about them. I'm going to make them shorter, three minutes, really brief. And I, but I want to just give you something to think about, just, just a quick word on your mind. Well, I tell you, and what, I, get, I get great devotional thoughts in the morning. I tell you my mind this morning, got up this morning. And, and, I, and the first thing that came to my mind was you're not perfect, and you never will be perfect, and you never were perfect. That's why I'm perfect. So rest in my perfection. Rest in me. Get up and do your best. Celebrate what you do. And work on your boundary lines. Work on what God's given you. I'm the pastor of this church. I can travel all over the place. I can be gone all the time, touching people's lives, speaking to crowds. But what difference does that make if my home is a mess? If my wife is not happy? If my kids and my grandkids aren't sound? If I'm not okay? You ever looked at somebody and said, something wrong with him? He's up here talking. Or he's someplace and you see him and you go, something's wrong with that person. Sometimes that's because they're so busy outside of their boundary line that they never get healed. And, and, and the promised land that God has for them is falling apart. I pray that not be you. Did this help you today? Come on, did it really help you today? I hope it did. Let's all stand. I'm a man of my word. I told you, our 15 minutes. One, one, five. That catchy, right? Do you know why? You know why I'm real conscious about time? Because you are. I want to stay in a boundary line. What if the spirit come in? We may go one one six. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but I got to make sure it's the spirit, it's not me. And a lot of times it's me, and not the spirit. 
if God can save the world in, in, in a day, if God can do what he did, I don't need to take that long. I want you to take what I've said today, pick up your Bible, read the rest of Joshua chapter 1. That's your homework for the next week, okay? Because we're going to be there for three weeks. I'll let you guess what I'm going to say. How do you take possession of what's yours? Because that's not yours, but this is. So let's talk about what is yours. And let's get focused. It's going to be a great study. I promise you'll like it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for those who are here with us. Thank you for those who are home. I pray your blessing upon the word. I pray that this hour and 15 minutes has been a blessing and an uplift to your people's lives. I pray that we leave this time together clear in our minds and clear in our hearts. And that may you take our study together today and let it be a transforming, life-changing moment. I give you praise and I give you glory. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Thank you for being with us in person. Thank you for being. Did I, is that a clap? Did I hear a clap? Did I really hear a clap? I did. Yay. I need it, people. It makes me feel good. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for being with us. Y'all dismissed. Thanks for coming. Thank you for streaming in from wherever you are. You're a blessing to us. Got any questions, email me at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. God bless y'all. See you later. Bye. Take care.